Okay, let's start it. Are we ready? Go. Let's podcast. Woo! Okay, so welcome back to, oh, here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. That was my segue. I'm Ellie Hicks. That was a great oh. segue, but I am John Young. <laughs> Each week, we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit organization. And I'm really excited about this week because we're going to talk about your competitors. Dum, dum, meow, dum. Meow, meow. Woo! So we're going to talk about when you should pay attention to what they're doing and what you should be looking for. And then the things that you don't necessarily need to be paying attention to when it comes to your competitors. Um, I don't know why I said competitors like that. But before we kind of start diving into that, do you guys have any initial thoughts when you think about competitor research or all that fun stuff? Well, my first thoughts that come to mind would be more appropriate for the What Grinds My Gears <laughs> section, so I'll save those. Um, but that to say, I think it is, I don't know, it, I don't want to say controversial, but like there's a lot to discuss when you're talking about doing competitor research and paying attention to your competitors. I think that it is very helpful in some instances, and you obviously should know what your competitors are up to. But also... If you start doing it too much, it's going to be very detrimental in a lot of different ways. So I think I think it's more important to listen to what your customers are saying or not saying versus what your competitors are doing or not doing. Mm -hmm. I think I agree. Yeah, because I, I think both of you are going to. Uh, Ellie just alluded to it, and I think Ellen is good as well. That it's you could really just do competitor research all the time and be like, oh, okay, they're doing this and. There are logical competitors, so we need to also do that, but we need to do it better. Where if that's not what your customers are asking for, it's not going to help you at all. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Period. All right, that's the end of our Oop. podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, we're going. That to really beers. was a really that was a great <laughs> summary. Yeah. Wrap it um, up. No, I think I I think we see a lot of our clients that are hello. My cat just came out of Marge. Nowhere. Is Marge in the room? Hi. I heard her little meow. Hi, Marge. Welcome to the podcast, Marge. How are you doing today? Oscar would join, but he's locked you out. hear her purring. Lola's napping, as she always I is. I put my ear to the mic. That's not how, that's not how technology works. <laughs> Shove your earphone in a little further. We'll do like ASMR of Marge <laughs> purring moving forward. I would listen for hours. <laughs> anyway. That would be my work background music. Um, so going back to talking about competitors or just like looking to other companies for inspiration in general, I think that there's like a fine line of looking at what other companies are doing well um, or not doing well and seeing if that lines up with what your customers want, like what John said. And then I also think like sometimes you can just like go down this rabbit hole of like thinking that you need to emulate something that you don't need to emulate. Like we had a client once that said that they want their website to be like Apple and they are a real estate company. And it's like, well, it's a completely different industry, completely different customer base, completely different user experience. We don't recommend having your website look like Apple if you're a realtor, um, at least in this instance. Um, so, you know, I think there are th like the things we're going to talk about today, the things to pay attention to are important. Um, I think if you take away one thing from today, it's remembering that competitor research is should not be 
the at the top of your priority list when it comes to your marketing or your communication with your customers. It's farther down on the list. Still important, just like, you know, not in the top five. Agreed. Same. Cool. So few reasons to pay attention to your competitors. Um, we'll start off with talking about figuring out kind of what they're doing differently for their website or their social media um, or, you know, their review responses are also a great thing that you can look at. Um, and looking at these things and trying to determine, you know, are any of these things worth drawing inspiration from for your own business? Um, so again, like you might, um, we did a competitor analysis for a client recently and we found out that one of their competitors was doing something pretty cool with their um, form submissions, like just adding like an extra level um, for the users. And so we came up with the idea of like, oh, hey, we could do this um, and it would solve a problem for our customers and it would improve the process. But let's make it our own. Let's make it specific for this customer instead of exactly like the competitor. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, sure I think I wasn't either. <laughs> I think I think a lot of times when you're looking around at what uh, people are doing differently, you should go at it in the sense of just being aware. Like, look at it to be aware of what they're doing differently. Again, you don't want to, Ellen, you said it earlier, you don't want to necessarily copy everything that your competitors are doing because though you might see, oh, it's different from what we're doing, that doesn't mean it's successful, um, so you don't want to just copy something that isn't successful for your competitor and isn't going to be successful to you or doesn't even make sense within your marketing strategy or within what your customers are looking for. So when you're doing this, um, and I think we've already kind of mentioned it, you're looking at what kinds of social media posts are, are they doing? What's different than what we're doing or what's different than like an industry standard? Just do that and be aware. Think about just so you know, so if you hear anything that's going on or y you just have that to reference and you're just aware of what your competitors are doing. I don't know. I mean, it was just me, but you guys crack me up with like, sometimes like you pause and then you go into another thought. So I'm not sure if I should jump in. And sometimes you just pause and stare at me. So I'm like, I guess it's maybe, maybe one of the tears to you, John. <laughs> like hand it Back off. now to you, John. John, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I was thinking of, um, uh, in terms of uh, Young's, you know, so like when we're out, we're, like we ice cream at other places, like my, one of my, uh, uh, that's not one of my nephews, my one nephew, we were talking about graders and he's like, well, you wouldn't like anything if it's not Young's. And I was like, no, I like graders. Okay. And I like Jenny's. Okay. Uh, when we're out and about, like I'll go other, other ice cream, but like to go to, to Jenny's and say, she's got 22 off the wall flavors. Like she, I mean, she has like a vanilla bean and then everything else is weird. Uh, maybe the dark chocolate, but even the dark chocolate's like made with coconut milk. So like, that's not us either. So like, we can't take what Jenny's does to Young's and Jenny's wouldn't be Jenny's if she did what we did. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just because someone else is doing it and is very successful doing it does not mean it's going to translate to your customers. So don't, don't just assume that because someone's doing something, it's working well for them. So you should try to implement that into your, into your works. Like, Understand that it might be cool, but if your customers aren't going to respond to it, like then don't don't bother because you don't even mm -hmm. know if they, they looked at something that you're doing, tried to emulate that, and now you're just going to continue to top each other, which you know again might not help either of your customers. So straight, stay true to who you are, but you could look at other other um, 
competition and say, we can improve this part of the process because I see several competitors doing this. So that means it probably is working to a degree for all of them. So we could try to implement something like that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Here's to you. Over. Maybe we should do it like truckers. Over? Yeah. Over. <laughs> was, Thought over. Those were great sound effects. I'm not going to try and do it because it's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> another reason to pay attention to your competitors, and I feel like we'll spend a lot of time here, is for like looking at their reviews. Um, so what mm-hmm. are their customers saying that they're doing well? And what are their customers saying that they're not doing well? Um particularly the not doing well, because um, that can be a real insight into, you know, strengths that your company has that you could start um, sharing more on your social media platforms and conversations with customers, all that fun stuff. Um, And kind of, you know, I hate that this is where like competitor research gets like a little competitive, if you will, but like kind of capitalize on like, you know, where they're falling short, but you're doing awesome. Um, I really can't think today. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, it's a great yeah, time like to do a podcast. And we don't know when to jump in, and <laughs> I know I'm like really tired today too. Yeah. Like I was saying, like Listen, my brain everybody. also Focus. isn't working. Focus. Um, well, no. So for reviews, I think a, a good example of this. So say like you're looking at a competitor, you're looking at their reviews, and a common negative feedback from customers is that they aren't very very responsive, or um, they take, you know, days to get back with them about questions or they didn't respond to their quote contact form for a week, whatever it might be. And your company says like, you have a policy, like we will reach out to you within one business day. Start highlighting Mm -hmm. that because if these customers that are writing negative reviews on your competitor, if they're unhappy, they're going to be seeking elsewhere for those products or services. And if you're, you know, marketing that you have a policy of, you know, we respond to your request for a quote within 24 hours, then they're going to be like, oh, wow, great. Like, I want to get this started. This is who I want to work with. So that's just another way why keeping an eye on those, especially negative reviews, it'll help you. Now, don't, you know, necessarily fake it. Don't say like, oh, well, we're going to uh, respond within 24 hours if you guys have never really operated that way because that's going to just cause more problems and you're going to start getting the negative reviews. Um, but if that is something that, Ellen, like you said, that is typically one of your strengths is your communication, then take that and run with it if that is a weakness for, of your competitor. Mm-hmm. Over. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it, Ellen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, I think that's a great, great thought. Um, I mean, it's kind of like... Um, I mean, you could also think of that as uh, competitor research by proxy. So if someone reaches out to you for a quote and you say, well, hey, reach out to this other agency and didn't hear back, you know, and then maybe you hear that a couple of times about the same agency, you know, maybe you think like, well, you know, we're going to take advantage of that. So we're going to write a blog post or we're going to do a podcast about how we're more, you know, where we're trying to be responsive or when we're talking to these people, mm-hmm. we're going to follow up and do what we say we're going to do. So then they're going to say, well, I reach out to X agency and I never heard from them, but I reached out to shout it out. And they're crushing it. So that's going to be uh, both a, a real positive for us and a real negative for the other agency was also a positive for us because they're just going to bypass them and call us directly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that. But you can also, yeah, like you said, you both said, look at other people's reviews and see flaws, see cracks and say, this is where we can really jump on these people. Because if their customers are exact overlap of your customers, you can see where other companies are failing and pick up pick up the slack. Agreed. Over. 
All right. Another reason to pay attention to your competitors is just for basic knowledge expansion. So, you know, if they're blogging or podcasting or email marketing, um, you know, is that something that you can read or listen to and learn from? Um, so, you know, there are other marketing agencies um, or organizations that I follow and I listen to and I and I learn from and think about how I can apply that um, for my customers. Um, so you don't always have to let necessarily like see them as like competition, but rather see them as a resource where you can learn more, mm-hmm. you can grow in your understanding and knowledge of your own industry, and then you can apply what makes sense for you to apply for your own customers. Um, mm-hmm. So use that information that they're, that, bleh, that they're putting out. Like if it's blogs or podcasts or anything like that, like listen to it, um, read it, watch it and learn from it. Yeah, I agree with that. I like that. I think we're always all in a constant state of learning or we should be. Um, I don't ever want to be sedentary and just stop growing in, in my field. And I think that, that that's a really good way to do so, to start to learn is just look at other people in your industry. And along with that, I think, so that I say this with caution because again, you shouldn't just be copying what your competitors are doing, but if you are a company and you offer, you know, very specific products or services, say you just offer like one main service or two main services and you're looking up your competitors and you see a theme of, oh, these people offer what I offer, but then they also are doing this service. It seems to be pretty common. Is this something that I should look into having my team trained in? Is this something that our customers want along with these other services? Is this something that we can expand our business in? Um, So just kind of being aware, again, of their services and products and see if that's a way that you can also expand and and take it into account. Don't just, you know, throw yourself into it and say, oh, we're now offering this. Make sure your team has the proper training. Make sure you have scaled it appropriately. Make sure that you've talked to some of your own customers and asked them, hey, is this something that you would like to see? Is this something that would be beneficial in the future? Um, And and so on. But I think that, yeah, that's, that's a really great idea in terms of keeping an eye on what your competitors are doing. Nobody said anything. I was going to say something, I, I but I didn't know if John was going to, because we've been kind of round robining this whole episode. <laughs> I mean, let's keep, let's keep okay. it up. Let's keep round robining. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but a lot of reasons that we offer services that we do um, is because of, competitors or other agencies not doing their job when we referred people out. Mm-hmm. So like man, one of the re- main reasons we brought Ellie in, uh, thankfully, and we're never going to let her go, never going to let mm-hmm. you give there it you up go. or whatever. Um, Keep it you know, up. Uh, is because uh, a client that we're, we're referring out for uh, online reputation management and local search was not doing a great job. Uh, and same for ads. You know, um, So we, we brought her in to help do these ads and help do more local SEO efforts. So it was my intention when I referred them out was to grow both of our businesses. But when they weren't doing a good job, I said, I need to either find a better resource or we need to do this internally. And it it wasn't at the time, it was just me and Rachel. So like I can't offer up these two or three extra services without the bandwidth to do it. So we had to build it up over time. Mm-hmm. And then once we started to get the groundwork in place, so like, yeah, we can do this. Uh, we got to scale it. We can't reach out to all you know, 80, 90 clients 
and say, let's bring you all onto the service. Like we had to do it in pieces. Mm -hmm. And as new clients have come on, we've been able to confidently talk about those because now we've got the groundwork and the, the workforce to be able to provide these services at a, at a high quality. So yeah, don't just jump into something because your competitor's crushing at it. Because if you're not going to crush at it, you're you're just it's just going to be, you know, you might lose, you know, instead of losing uh, a service to another agency, you might lose the whole client because you said, "Hey, I can do this," and then you can't, and you're not keeping mm-hmm. up your end of the bargain. So now instead of getting an extra five hundred dollars a month, you're losing a thousand dollars a month because the client went somewhere else that can get all these services done. For sure, agreed. Um, Something else to keep in mind for your knowledge expansion, Um, you know, if you're keeping an eye on what they're blogging about, podcasting about, or even, you know, talking about at uh, networking events is um, that's also where I've found um, a lot of incorrect information being shared. So like, again, going back to our own industry, like I will have a client tell me, well, this other marketing company told me this. And it's, it's not even that it's like a different approach. It's just incorrect. Um, Wrong. And so yeah. I think it's really important within your industry to stay on top of the incorrect information that's being shared um, with others outside of your industry so that you can help guide your clients down the right path. Like again, especially at Shout Out Design, um, we kind of see ourselves as like, the map, but our client is Dora the Explorer. So like they're the main, um, they're the main character, but we're there to support and guide down the right path. Um, and so if we can kind of like keep our, is it keep your ears to the ground, keep your ear to the ground. Is that the saying? If you can keep uh, this swiper from no swiping, yes. <laughs> then is that what it is? But if you can keep your ear to the ground. <laughs> I'm trying on, to continue. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's ear to the ground, nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Those are if the, you can keep your ear to the, the ground on um, the misinformation that's being shared throughout your industry, um, that can be really helpful as well. Like Again, going back to that client that we recently did a competitor analysis for, um, one of their competitors is going on and on and on about how they can install a service in one day, but that goes against every single industry standard and recommendation and practice. It should take at least two days. Yeah, and all of their <laughs> reviews are that the final product is terrible. Um, so I'm able to let my client know about that. And then we know that we can capitalize on, hey, we need to educate our customers on why it's important for this to take at least two days, most likely three Um and that's not only just because we want your business, but also because we want the job to be done right the first time instead of you having to pay for it twice. Um, so keep that in mind as well, that that may be um, watching your competitors share information that's incorrect may be a great way for you to be able to stay on top of your own products and services. And you might have, I mean, you definitely alluded to this and might have already said it. If so, I apologize. But get in front of that too. So instead of waiting for your customer or client to be unhappy with something because somebody came to them and said like, oh, well, we can do that in one day, share with them your process and why you do it that Mm -hmm. way ahead before the any misinformation or negativity gets thrown into the mix. Just be, if you know that this is a common, um, it's kind of like in our industry when people how people talk about SEO. Um, if, we, if we, from the beginning, explain how SEO works and how we build websites, then hopefully people who come to them and just randomly email them and say, like, your SEO isn't it's working. It's not turned on. Then, 
yeah, yeah. Then they, then they, they won't freak out and be like, "Hey, you guys suck at your job because this one random guy said that my SEL is off." (laughs) So, get ahead of that and and just. You know, you're you are increasing your knowledge, and you're also educating your customers and clients on on the right way to do things and how and why you do things the way that you do. And it even that could even be for an instance that it's not necessarily right or wrong how your competitor is doing it, but you might do it different. That is completely fine. Everybody does things differently in some instances, so just communicate that beforehand. Like I said, to get ahead of any of that negativity. Um, and just say like, hey, we do it this way and this is why we believe that this is going to be the best result for our product. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any I don't have any problem with, you know, you're sitting down and going through the sales process and explaining to someone when they say, well, this process should only take a day because so and so said so. Like, I don't I like the process of educating. This is why it should be a two or three day process. But I also don't mind of showing them reviews from that other company and saying, these guys do it. Say they do it in one day. Here are a bunch of people that would say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Here are real world mm-hmm. examples of how this did not work. You know, it's I don't I don't take yeah, that I as like a that. overly overly negative thing. We uh, we recently had some drainage work here at the house, and uh, one of the people that we were talking to, we, we narrowed it down to two different companies we were talking to, and one of the companies explicitly said, "We're not going to use any of your existing ductwork underground." It's like we just don't do that because we can't. Uh, part of our ductwork goes under our concrete driveway. So digging that up would be a hassle. He's like, we never deal with existing ductwork because the work we're going to do, we guarantee, and we can't guarantee something that was put in the ground 20 years ago that that's going to continue to work. And the the company that we ended up going with wasn't that guy, but the other guy had that approach and didn't explicitly say that. Like we weren't sure what he was going to go. And when we said, we're going to go with you, just asking you're going to run new pipes everywhere. He said, oh yeah, that's, you know, we do that too. But like they were very explicit in saying, this would save you about probably 10 grand to do this, to use this existing pipe. But obviously the existing pipe's not doing its job, even though for our case, it wasn't the pipe that wasn't doing the job. It was where the pipe laid. So I guess it is the pipe. I don't know. According to our insurance company, these are two completely different things. Thank you, insurance company, unnamed. Um, but yeah, I don't mind showing proof that this this process this is why we do this process. You know, we use that when we um, talk about SEO, when we talk about View Columbus downtown uh, in downtown Columbus. So if you go to Google and start typing in wedding venues, he's organically towards the top. And we didn't do any magic with him. I mean, we just turned the SEO on and then (laughs) it worked. So, but like that is, that is a testament to like, he started, you know, he started that business after think back at least six years ago, I think maybe eight he started that in a as a competitive space. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a met, major metropolitan area, one of the biggest cities in the country. And you're talking about a unique industrial type wedding venue. Uh, I guess it's not that unique, but an, an industrial type wedding venue that are, was was a hotspot for a while. Now it's farms and barns and stuff, but um, it's still you know any kind of wedding venue downtown Columbus is going to be hard work in SEO, and he organically ranks really well. Um, so that's because we just, we said, this is what we would suggest you do and you keep it up over time and you're going to continue to get that ranking as long as you, uh, continue doing the things that we suggest and run a good business. And he does both those things and voila, successful. Hey, John, save that pipe analogy for next time. We have to explain why we don't work on existing websites. I was just thinking that I was like, 
Well, because, you know, we've had <laughs> clients analogy. that they haven't chosen to work with us because there's another developer that they found that the developer says like, yeah, for sure, I can take over your existing website, no problem, and I'll be able to do all the edits and changes that you want. That's a lie. <laughs> well, it might, it might not be a lie the whole, but the whole it'll time. But it, it's temp, it's temp, it'll yeah. take them yeah, so just, much time and money to figure yeah. out how mm-hmm. that other developer built the website. And they cannot guarantee that they will be able to do everything that you want without looking at the back end of that website first. Like, yeah, we want to be able to guarantee our product and in doing so it has to be our product. Yeah. And so. also we don't, we, we, in, in the many years that I've been running this business, we've never surprised a client with an invoice. Yeah. Oh, sorry, by the way, uh, this happened. So surprise, here's a thousand dollar invoice that you weren't expecting. Yeah, no. yeah. So like, that's why we don't do that because I can't, I can't explain uh, what may or may not happen on on a foundation of a house or a foundation of a website that I didn't build. So yeah, great. It's built in WordPress. Even great, it's built in the same theme that we've worked with. But I don't know. I don't know what code's in there. I don't know what custom work this, this Joe Schmo did that you apparently weren't happy with. So I'm sorry that you sunk all this money into this product that you don't like. We will build a product that will sustain a long time. And if something does go wrong with it, I know how to fix it because I've been using this whole framework this whole day at these this group of plugins for many years. And we have Sheba who can fix anything under the under the sky anyway. Guys, did you see that task that I assigned to her today and she just fixed it? And yeah. I was like, oh, Boom, you're amazing. Done. I saw that too. And I was I've like, had that wow, same problem using you. it on many different sites. And I just like, well, it, sometimes it, it's a problem, sometimes it's not. And she's like, Yeah, just dropped a code in. Boop. Look doop. at that. Fixed. Yeah. We have Sheba. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. yeah. We have Sheba. You oh, don't. I was gonna make a marble with us. We have Ellie. So we have it. Ellen. We have I won't Rachel. get it, so I won't make it. Aww. You can Sad. make it. I mean, I know all the characters. I just don't enjoy the movies as much. It's basically where one of the bad guys goes like they say that they have all this power and like an army and everything. And Iron Man goes, we have a Hulk. That's us. Thanos. Thanos. Is it Thanos the bad guy? Um, No, I think that's Loki in that one. Loki, the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we have an amazing team. Yeah, we do. We sure do. Any little. Five amazing women. And then John also. <laughs> And this also. Look, this really just turned into like us tooting our own horns. I mean, this we are really great. Is what we, do. Um, we are, we are perfect. Work with us. <laughs> I wouldn't say perfect, but we're really, really great. So the next reason you should pay attention to your competitors, this one's a little bit nicer. We won't be so hostile on this one. Um, I <laughs> listed this one as enemies to lovers. Um, so uh-huh. if you're able to pinpoint an area of your business, um, that a competitor could better assist your clients or vice versa if you're if you have a service that um, you can offer better than they can. Um, maybe there's an opportunity for you to consider a partnership with them. So we've been able to do this with a few different marketing companies because like we don't do print. Um, we don't do like extensive audience research like you know, I'm talking like huge surveys and like uh, uh, what are they called? focus groups um, or like putting together like a brand guide. Like we're not graphic designers. We're not um, brand developers. Um, We are truly digital marketing experts. Um, So we've been able to find partners throughout the year that throughout the year, throughout the years, years, (laughs) throughout the years that are able to fill those gaps for our clients. So that when we have a client come to us and say like, Hey, like, do you know a really good photographer? We're able to send them, you know, 
a few lists of names or, Hey, I really want to do a focus group. We're able to send them to shiftology um, and different stuff like that. So, you know, you don't have to be the solution for everything, but you should have solutions ready to go for your clients to send them so that you can be that longstanding resource for them. Yeah. And if you have these relationships that like these trusted, um, what is the word you used? Hold on. Partnership. Partner. Yeah, I like that. Like a trusting partnership that you have, you know, they've, I don't know. The, the, hold on. What are you shaking your head? We're just for? on the struggle. You, you <laughs> just running out of words. This is, this is my, my forte is using the wrong words in the wrong places. You guys are constantly having your words right. Rewind. Okay. Let's start this over. Um, <laughs> so anywho, um, if you have these different partners and you're, uh, industry gosh I almost forgot that word too (laughs) in your industry that you're able to partner with then and you trust the work that they do like you've sent multiple people to them you see the work and it's trusted your clients are consistently happy with what they're doing then that just makes it so much better because it's kind of like an extension of your own team like you trust them to do a good job with your clients um and it's it's wonderful um and trying to (laughs) build these look I, I'm, I'm trying to work something in here but i can't without sounding it. really you're mean so i'm done great. nope i'm done oh I'm no you're doing oh no or no <laughs> do, you, do you speaking of do you guys watch ted lasso no yeah i haven't watched the new season yet though okay so uh i think we just watched episode three of the new season and there's an earner in there <laughs> Earner. I like that you just say earner. I was busting out laughing. There were a couple of other really funny lines, but that was one that really got me. That's um, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about that in other, other episodes before is that we have partnerships that uh, these are services that we cannot provide. And I just said earlier in this episode, we had uh, partnerships that we did uh, lead out, but then they weren't good enough and I couldn't find anyone else. So now we're doing it in house. So uh, as long as we have uh, trusted partnerships and use like the ones you mentioned, Ellen, we've got several in each of those categories. So we try to keep a, a stable of referral sources in there because we don't have uh, the work to have a photographer on staff or we don't typically have the work to have a graphic designer on staff. And we're not going to do large level PR or um, focus groups and stuff like that because we don't need to, for one, because mm-hmm. uh, we've got Shiftology and we can trust them. Same thing for them. You know, They don't hire a website designer because they can trust us to get the job done for their clients. And it's a it's a a huge savings for Melanie not to have uh, a full-time web developer on staff because uh, they can just trust us to get the job done. So having those partnerships really helps. So don't, don't, yeah, don't think of everyone as an enemy because you know, you, they could turn into lovers in a, in a yeah, business sense. That's true. Yeah. And I, again, there's always enough work for everybody. Like yeah. find your, find your niche client and it may not be an industry. It could be a personality type that your team works well with. Um, and you'll be good to go. I used that word. Yes. The other on Wednesday. What is today? Thursday. I, it was <laughs> yesterday. I used that word and I panicked cause I used it in front of a lot of people and ni- niche. You said niche. I think okay. I said, I think I said niche. That's and I'm yeah, not it's sure. It's either niche or niche. Yeah. Oh. I, if you say it that like way, you're talking about niche. the philosopher. I don't either. And I panicked and now everyone in BNI thinks I'm stupid probably. Well, you could throw something out there to make you feel less stupid. Mm-hmm. But anyway, kind um, so the last thing. Any hoodles, speaking of enemies. The last thing, <laughs> the last reason to pay attention to your <laughs> competitors <laughs> is your digital ads. And I'm going to 
toss it over to Ellie to talk more about this one. So again, I think that this is like something that is just good to be aware of, of how your competitor is showing up and, um, across, well, really across the internet in general. Um, but specifically talking about like Google or other search engines, this doesn't even necessarily have to just be about paid ads, but just organically as well. How are they ranking? How are they showing up? Um, are they showing ads? Because if they are, that means that they're, you know, able to be in a little bit more of a competitive space. They're always going to be at the top of those um, listings. Uh, so it's good to be aware of that in case you're over here wondering, like, why isn't my website getting much traffic? Or why is my competitor constantly beating me out for these things? Well, if they're running ads and they're consistently just the first link that people are clicking on, that's a decent indicator. Um, so it might be something that you need to look into and same goes for, uh, like social media ads, just being aware that they're running campaigns and what they're running campaigns for. They're obviously putting money into outreach and and growing their audience, growing their customer base. Um, and again, it's just something really good to be aware of, um, and not necessarily like oh, well, we have to copy their ads exactly or we have to offer the same offer that they're throwing out there on social media, whatever it might be. Um, but just be knowing that they're doing that and knowing that, you know, if you're looking at your own success or your own, um, mm, here we go, shortcomings, shortfall, falling Either short. One. Depends on depends <laughs> on where the sentence goes and which one is appropriate. I, well, now I don't remember my sentence, but... Um, <laughs> Where where you might be coming up short, um, then it might be something for you to look into. Um, and, and just, you know, knowing w- what do their ads look like? What do they say? What keywords do you think that they are bidding on to show up? Um, what's going to be most competitive? And if this is a route that you are looking at, that kind of research is going to be very helpful. So again, when you're trying to come up with how much money should I be spending Um, We'll use Google again as an example. How much money should I be spending on Google? You don't, you know, you want to be successful. So you want to spend enough, but you want to, you don't want to, nobody wants to just throw a bunch of money out there that's not going to be beneficial. So um, doing some of that research and Google has a lot of great tools to be able to tell one, how competitive certain keywords are. So if it has high competition, then a lot of people in your industry are are bidding on those same terms. That means it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but that also means that that keyword is probably an important one for you to be running ads for because that's what everybody's trying to show up for. Um, but again, that's helpful knowledge too. If you want to kind of switch up your strategy, if you don't have a lot of money, what are what are less competitive keywords or where, where is an area that your competitors aren't necessarily showing up as much and can you show up more? Um, so you could go a, a million different ways with it, but um, I think that that's, it, it's, it's really important to be aware of, of what they're doing in the ad space just so that you know, one, how much money it's going to cost you, two, how you should also be showing up. I think this, uh, of all the other things that we really talked about, is the one thing that you really should pay attention to. Because like when we were researching software options, like when we started looking at Basecamp or Asana or Trello or Monday, if you go to Google and search for any of those, the other three have ad campaigns going to a landing page of why Asana is better than Basecamp or why uh, Monday is better than Basecamp. Because they know 
that people click those couple of top ad spaces. So if they can rank for a, a, basically a negative uh, of the other software company, they're going to get mm-hmm. clicks and they're going to show you why they're better than you. They might not be better than you for what you're needing, but you should know that um, if you're in a competitive market for a competitive service, it's likely that one of your competitors, how many times uh-huh. I can throw that in one sentence, um, <laughs> is is uh, targeting your name in search results. So like, um, you know, Jenny's could target us going to Google and typing in Young's Jersey Dairy. Uh, you know, searching for Young's Dairy ice cream, Jenny's could target that that keyword. Wouldn't do a lot of good for them, I don't think. Imagine if they opened they, a location know, in Yellow Springs. In Yellow Springs? <laughs> that would be hurtful, especially because we know Jenny. I don't think she would no. that, it's possible, I suppose. Um, yeah, also, I don't think Yellow Springs can support three ice cream places because there's another ice cream place there downtown, oh, too. Yeah. That'd be uh, like 17 people for three ice cream places. But anyway... But I think uh, I think of all the things. Even if you don't, you're not putting money into literal ads. N- knowing what uh, your competition is doing in that ad space is really telling. A, are they targeting your name just in general? Uh, B, what phrases are they targeting? So, if they're targeting these phrases, it's possible that you should be doing more organic content on those phrases. So you can possibly not you won't outrank them ads versus organic, but you could rank them. You could rank well for them. Ellie, are you lost? No, I'm sorry. There was something going on at my front door that I wasn't sure if I had to go tend to. Um, Verdict? I don't know. The, I mean, he's gone now, but the mailman just lingered out there for a very long time and was talking like I could hear him because my door is open, obviously. Um, but anyway, I think it's fine. He's gone now, so I don't okay. think he needed me for anything. Maybe. I don't know. Good. I'm just checking on you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ways away to help I you. I thought you read I'm the email that came in. <laughs> Oh, no, because John made me close out of everything because my computer was real hot, so I haven't seen anything that's come in. But I, I, see the email. <laughs> I did have I did have thoughts as you were talking, um, but then I lost them, and it was going to be very important. It was something about ads. What were you just talking about? Say it again. Ads? I'm not going to say the whole thing again. I talked for 20 minutes. Why well, no? There was, ads, there, I'm telling important. you, there was a big situation out here. I don't know what's happening. Uh, keyword, if your competitor is targeting your name as a keyword. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I saw this a lot. You mentioned if it's like a very competitive industry. Um, I I saw this a lot when I worked in the uh, automotive industry and did ads for car dealerships. It was very cutthroat. It was a cutthroat wild world in the auto industry. And people were bidding on other dealer names left and right. And like, uh, I, I got that question probably almost every day. Like, hey, can we can we try to go after this dealership and can we bid on their name? And one, I don't recommend that as a strategy per se, but depending on how it's set up, like I don't think that it's wrong how um, the, like the base camp and the, the other Monday and stuff did that. Like if they're actually providing valuable information that pertains to their mm-hmm. product. Um, but if you're just simply wanting to say, like there's another marketing agency. Like we'll just we're going to use Shiftology as an example here. So again, that I don't bring sorry, any flight to anybody else. <laughs> um, but as an example, like if if we wanted to take over a space from and take potential customers from Shiftology, and we were like, we don't let's which yeah disclaimer we do not but like as an example and we're saying like let's bid on just Shiftology so that we're showing up anytime somebody searches for Shiftology. 
that is going to be maybe bad practice um, depending on how our landing page is set up. But if you're solely just bidding on a term for no other reason and you don't have any relevant information to go along with that, it's going to cost you so much money and Google is going to eventually know that your ad is not of value. So you have to be kind of careful with that if that's your strategy. But Knowing that other people are doing that to you, if if that's the case, is very good to know. Yeah, so going back to our earlier point of, like, information that we've heard other companies share that is incorrect. Like, there are companies, digital ad companies, that will still push that strategy. And that strategy worked, like, 15 years ago now when, like, you could just bid on, like, a random word and then have it go to a random landing page. And if you paid the most, then you would be the one that showed up for it. Um, but search engines are a lot smarter than they were back then. Um, and it's also just like a terrible user experience. Like if I'm clicking on a link for what I think is Basecamp and I end up on Asana's website that has nothing to do with Basecamp, I'm not going to be happy about it. Um, so just keep that in mind Mm -hmm. as well that like, again, your goal is making sure that you are listening to your customers and meeting their needs and answering their questions. How you compare to your competitors will always come after that. I feel like I had a mom voice when I said that. I mean, it was definitive. No, it's very powerful. Yeah, I like it. So moving on to reasons not to pay attention to your competitors, which we've already kind of discussed a lot of this. So I don't know how much we'll talk about this. Mm -hmm. But the number one is comparing vanity numbers, um, especially like follower count and stuff like that on social media. Um, I think especially like, For businesses that have had a Facebook presence for years and never really did a lot with it, or businesses that are just getting started on Facebook or another social media channel, particularly Facebook, because that's where a lot of businesses want to be, you're just not going to have the engagement um, starting out that you could have gotten, um, again, like 10 years ago. Um, on Facebook as a business Mm -hmm. just because the market is so saturated and people's feeds are so filled up um, with, you know, their friends and other companies that they've already been following for years. It's really, really hard um, to come in as a new business and to show up on people's feeds. Or if you have like recently like gone through a brand change or like, you know, you've been really like flighty with posts over the years. Like sometimes you were really good at it for like six months, but then like you didn't post for two years and then you changed your name and then you posted a whole bunch and then you didn't post again for two years and then you change your name again. Like that's going to make it really hard for you to grow your audience base and your followers um, and your engagement on those posts. Um, and you and also it's not going to happen overnight yeah. either. So like it takes a long time. Working yourself up over, yeah. Like getting worked up over your competitors having like 2,000 followers versus your 500 or whatever it is. It's, I mean, good to know, yes, it's a goal to put in place if that's what your goal want, if you want that to be your goal, but it's not going to happen overnight. Like you can't be upset Mm -hmm. that that there's that difference because one, you don't know how they got those followers. You don't know who those followers are. Maybe over half of those followers aren't even engaged with their posts. Mm -hmm. Like you might have better engagement rates than they do. Um, So there's just, there's so much out there to look at and compare for this to be telling of really anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree that it's, almost a waste of time to to get yourself too involved and in, in looking at differences in follower counts. Just be concerned with 
where you're at, what your goals are, and how you want to get there. It's much more specifically with Facebook. You only talk to two to five percent of your audience mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, so you know, you spend time getting ten thousand followers. You're talking to two to five hundred of them on an average post. So what does that? I mean, like you said, what what, what does it do with your goals? But don't conflate you know uh, follower count numbers to review numbers because review numbers are That's important. True. Not just the mm-hmm. amount of, but the quality of that. That isn't a vanity number. So if your competition, if you got five reviews at five stars, and your competitor has a hundred reviews at five stars, mm-hmm. he, he's going to he or she are going to show up more often than mm-hmm. you. So like that is not a, that is not a vanity number. Follower counts on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever; those are absolutely vanity numbers because you're just not talking to all those people all the time anyway. And if you really want to compare, yeah, numbers, I like that. Like looking particularly at a social media channel, compare yourself to yourself. Look at the posts that are doing well and look at the posts that are not doing well. And that will be a better indicator Mm -hmm. to you on, again, going back to what we were saying, what your customers want to see, what they want to learn more about. Um, And then you can start to replicate those types of posts um, instead of just looking at whatever your competitor is doing and thinking that that's what you need to do. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Um, So... Another reason to not pay attention to your competitor is, um, you know, if you're looking at their digital presence and then you assume that that translates to excellent service or product. So going back to um, that competitor analysis that I recently talked about, um, you know, somebody might be killing it on their social media presence. um, But if you really dive into comments and reviews and all that fun stuff, what you may find is that the product or service that they are providing (laughs) does not match um, the experience that they're presenting online. Um, so you actually see this happen a lot with, um, influencers these days, whenever they like come out with merch or like lots of influencers will do like makeup lines and stuff like that. And like people love them online. Like they love, um, the posts they put out and the videos that they put out and they have like really high like counts and all that fun stuff. But then like the actual products that they provide are terrible. Um, And so, you know, if you have an excellent digital marketing presence, but your product or service doesn't match that level of excellence, all that excellent digital marketing presence is going to do is bring more light to the fact that your product or service sucks. (laughs) So make sure you get that squared away first. And and like those companies, they might have record-breaking sales when they first start selling something like like I'm thinking of your example Ellen with like the influencers like people love the the person so they buy their product but if the product isn't great then they're not going to have too many repeat sales Mm -hmm. uh because you know they so it's a it's going to be very short-lived so again don't get too caught up on on basically you know popularity or how they look online because they're products like you said could just not be anywhere near as great as yours so focus on that and that's something that I think we keep coming back to and I even listed it in our notes is just pay attention to yourself and you you use this as an example like make yourself the best that it can be in the way that your company should be and and your voice and your brand make it the best that it can be you know be aware of what competitors are doing but don't try to copy what they're doing if it just doesn't work for you. If you have the confidence in your product and and you have, you know, you know that you can do a good job and you have really good repeat customers and repurchases and all of that, 
start to look at yourself as as a competitor, compare your own stats, compare the growth. I think sometimes we also lose sight in, in how successful we actually are. Mm-hmm. And this sucks because this kind of goes into what my what grinds my gears is going to be. <laughs> but we we kind of lose track of our own success if we get too caught up in looking at our competitors and we forget how great you know we actually are because you might get discouraged by what looks like success of a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's always good to just sit down and take a look at where, where were we a year ago or like even just six months ago or two years ago? Did we meet our goals? Did we um, do what we said we were going to do? How have our reviews been? How... You know, how has our social media engagement been? Things like that. Like, look at your own success and instead of losing sight of and thinking that you're not doing a good job just because somebody else is doing something different than you. That was a no, rant. I agree. Okay. But- <laughs> I was trying to find a quote from um, one of one of the Young's team meetings, but I found a, a, a bit of it. Dad, Dad had found this quote. Now, he said it before, but I can't remember who it was from. That's why I was trying to find the quote to give them credit. But the, the essentials of it is if we can't ensure a consistent guest experience and the only thing marketing will accomplish is to let more people know faster that we are not very good at business. Mm. Mm. So it's to your point, Ellen, like if, like when I brought up Carl, like if, if uh, we turn the SEO on, on his <laughs> website and we did a good job with his Facebook feed and we optimized his Google listing and we made sure they get uh, lots of reviews that were good and he, he didn't focus on the business, didn't focus on the service aspect, make sure that his crew is doing the right things for each of their customers. Bad reviews would show up and all of it goes away. Mm-hmm. So if this flash in the pan influencer puts out their makeup and everyone's like, oh yeah, I really like her videos and I like her you know, makeup demonstration videos and it's great, uh, I'm going to buy it. And then everyone that buys it says, well, this sucks. That's going to mm-hmm. show up online and then that goes away. So I, I guess to circle back to the, the whole conversation, when you're looking at competitors, look at like competitors that have been there a while, because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it, there are there are certainly flash in the pan uh, restaurants and businesses that come and kill it and continue to kill it. But uh, if you look at the statistics on how successful businesses are as a whole, most businesses don't make it uh, a couple of years. So mm-hmm. look at look at your long term competition, not your short term competition. I mean, I guess if you can't survive a couple of years, maybe you look at all your competition. <laughs> but if you've been around mm-hmm. a while and you you feel like your competition out there is, is isn't uh, is 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 taking away your your market share. Look at your long term business and see what uh, long term competitor businesses see what they're up to because I think you'll get a better gauge on what you need to improve or not improve based on that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, the example that's coming to mind right now, and this kind of goes into a full, few other bullet points we had of reasons not to pay attention to your customers. We've kind of been hitting on all of them. Of you know. Try not like if you're trying to mimic exactly what a competitor is doing, like that's not a good reason to pay attention to them. Or if you're getting too caught up in watching your competitors, like what Ali was saying, you might be losing sight of your own business. But I think of the there's this uh, swimsuit company and they exploded on TikTok, I think last year. Um, and she's a really small business, but like her whole thing is, um, swimsuits that are made really well and have great coverage, but are still super cute. Um, and then I think around the the same time that she was like kind of exploding on social media, Kim Kardashian had launched her like line of swimsuits. And there were a few people that had ordered the swimsuits and had gotten them in and were like showing reviews and like showing on video, like how cheap these uh, swimsuits were that Kim Kardashian had put out and like how the coverage was terrible and how the product was just awful, but they're like hundreds of dollars. 
Um, and so instead of getting discouraged by the fact that, um, you know, Kim Kardashian put out a line of swimsuits and she was getting a ton of sales over the summer, um, this influencer or this influencer, this, uh, business owner went and bought a couple of the Kim Kardashian swimsuits and on video, she compared them side by side to hers. And she talked about the things that were good Mm -hmm. about the ones that Kim Kardashian did. And then she also talked about how they differed from the product that she was offering. And so she said, like, if you're looking for XYZ, sure, go with Kim Kardashian's. But if you're looking for ABC, you may want to consider going with me instead. Um, And people loved it. Yeah, it basically, I remember that. Yeah, like it was just like her comparing the two brands. And so it's like, I mean, it was very clear, like, hers were better but Mm -hmm. it's like she was saying it like well here's the differences so like make your choice within there was a clear choice but like make your choice yeah I liked yeah that was but instead of her just getting like giving up because like you know a huge celebrity decided to like drop a line of swimwear that she's never going to drop again and she's going to make some sales from it but she really could care less Um, instead she took that as an opportunity to capitalize on showing what a great job she does um, without being catty or like nitpicky Mm -hmm. or like um, unethical Um, she just shared the facts um, and Mm -hmm. they sold out their website um, that week, which was really, really cool. She did this whole like thank you video about it. It was really sweet. Um, yeah, you can't, I don't know if it's changed, but you, her, those swimsuits are rarely in stock. They like when she launches cute. more, they sell out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. they're very cute. Um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think we've discussed everything about reasons not to pay attention to competitors and reasons to pay attention to competitors. But does it, do any of us have any final thoughts before we get into what grinds Ellie's gears? Just don't no. let it consume you. There's my final thought. Like, don't oh. let competitor research consume you. Kind of going off of that, and I feel like it's like a very human tendency because that's all we do these days is compare, is compare ourselves to other like, human beings. So, ugh, yeah, it's the worst. Like, keep that in mind that, like, you may not think that you do it maybe in your personal life, but like you may be doing it as a small business owner instead. Um, I'm going to write down a list of all the things that come with small business owner syndrome. I'm going to write a book. How I survived Love being it. an employee and a daughter of two different small business owners. Love it. Mm. Mm. Are you going to get mm. quotes from the, the owners of these businesses? Depends on the quotes. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that both me and Clark can give good quotes. I think so. I think you both are um, in recovery, though. I've watched both of you grow a ton over the years. So. Cute. Great job. Aww, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Trying. All right. With that, Ellie, what grinds your gears? When my computer sounds like it's going to explode. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Didn't we just get yours last summer? It is just... Well, it was when I started. I think oh, it was like yeah. two summers ago. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but still, um, your your computer is in my ditch. We don't have a budget for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, he's doing fine. Him's just a little hot right now. So I'm going to, you know, when we're done here, I'm going to maybe like just restart him and, and take a beat before, you know, I, okay. I work with Ellen a little, co-work with Ellen. Um, anywho... That also does really grind my gears, but the real what grinds Ellen? my gears is that... <gasps> no! Uh, oh. She could you. never. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You don't you don't grind my gears. Maybe there will be a day, but right now you don't grind my gears. Maybe she nubs your gears. Just like not grinds them all the way down, nubs. just kind of just like She doesn't nub my gears. Okay. She <laughs> strengthens my gears. Oh. She oils, she oils my gears. gears. <laughs> okay, anyway. I don't like that. Greases my she, gears. She moistens my gears. No, no, no. no. <laughs> moist. Okay, we're done here. Okay. What grinds my gears? Um, the word moist. Oh, I can't stop. Okay. Um, when people don't just chill, and there is a lot of points with that, but really, mm. like, people need to just chill. Um, and, like, again, I, I hate that I already mentioned this, but I will explain differently. When you aren't when you when you don't pay attention to your own success or you don't just and we have talked about this before too but you don't give yourself time or give your efforts time to work before you just your minds in 5000 other directions and you're easily swayed by someone popping in and saying like you're doing this wrong and you're just so willing to jump ship before you even evaluate was I actually not successful or like, you know, has there been success? Let me like slow down and take a look at things before I just do a complete overhaul um, so quickly after things have just started, you know, getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that grinds my gears for so many reasons. One, personally, if it's something that I have put a lot of work into or helped somebody with and then they don't see that success. I do take a little bit of personal offense to that because I think that I've done a great job. Um, Not to toot my own horn, um, but also just I'm frustrated for them as well because they're just one, never going to be happy or two, like I truly want success of small businesses, especially in my own community. And I, I want to see them succeed and I know that they have, you know, a great product or, um, you know, whatever it might be. Like, I really believe in them and, and I, I want our team to provide expertise on how to help them grow and sustain. And um, so it frustrates me for them that that people are coming in and trying to and, and who knows, maybe maybe they will still be successful and that's wonderful. But um, I just want more people, I guess, to know that things take time and it just you need to just chill for a second you know like let's all just be calm and take a beat agreed the end i think also agree john you said this recently of like how you'll go to a new city or you'll go to a new area and you'll complain about the drivers you're like oh man the drivers here are awful but like the reality is like everybody is a bad driver (laughs) it's it was your your analogy is almost correct it's more of the when you're talking about your city yes like our city has the worst drivers yeah, but like in no, all no, there's, actuality there's just bad drivers a bad driver and yeah, I, so i feel everyone like in america is a bad driver to bring that to this point everybody gets annoyed when they experience a karen or when they like see a video of a karen Everyone at this point has had the opportunity or has become a Karen to some degree. And you're lying to yourself if you're saying that you haven't, because whether you're actually acting on those thoughts or not, like you're having those thoughts. Like we, I'm going to get on a huge soapbox here. We as a society have become so incredibly impatient and short tempered with everyone and everything that we are spiraling (laughs) 
Yeah, I agree with that. I was getting upset um, two nights ago because I had my door open and like my windows and stuff. And there were kids kicking a soccer ball through my yard. <laughs> and I was getting like so angry old man. Yeah, and I just was like, arm. yeah, yeah, yes. Like I was about to turn into a Karen when I was like, chill. They're kids. They're having fun. They're outside and not playing video games on their TV or computer. Let them be kids and have fun. And so yeah. I eventually shut my door because I was being such a Karen. But Karen, anywho. I'm sorry, Karen, uh, Kelly. <laughs> Literally, Karen was talking about the ditch. The guy that did our mm-hmm. ditch, Kelly, Karen'd him because he he didn't come to the initial like um, you know walkthrough to see what we needed done. And she said, "I have a tight schedule because she teaches from home." And he said, "Well, he, you know, he misunderstood how she was saying like I need you here during this time, or if uh, he said like what time he was going to come. This is how it happened." What time is going to come? She's like, well, I have a, I'm teaching a kid at that time, but that's fine. Well, he took that as I have a kid during that time, so don't come. And mm-hmm. so like she stopped the kid early so she would have time when the guy got there and he didn't show up at all. Mm-hmm. So she sent him a meaty, mean email. And then he called immediately and said, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, you know, education is really important. Like I want, didn't want to screw up your schedule. And then, and then apparently the also the, he couldn't come out the next day because he was going to a funeral. Uh, cause she didn't, he, he didn't tell her that until after, but she's like, well, he can't come for another two days. I don't even know if I want to have him come out. So he came out and he's like, sorry, I was at a, uh, funeral for my uncle who oh. took his own life cause he was super depressed about losing his job. And so Kelly, you guys know Kelly, like she felt horrible, yeah. but like I said, yeah, it's, it's that, that, um, enabled culture that we've kind of made for ourselves. Like. Every customer service experience I have has to be perfect. The customer is always right, which is not the the gist of that. The gist of that phrase is not uh, you need to treat each customer the way they need to be treated. The the customer is right actually pertains to our our conversation. The the phrase. Do you, do you guys know this at all? The customer is always right phrase. I mean, you know the phrase, but do you know where it actually came from? No. <laughs> so it it came from the the understanding that you should. You should know what your customer wants and provide that product or service. Mm. So the customer will tell you whether you're doing right or wrong. It's not you should treat every customer comes in and whatever they demand you should do. Mm. We've taken it to that that level. Mm-hmm. The customer is always right, and you need to do whatever I tell you to. That's not where it came from. It came from more of a, um, I almost said Tim Cook, but it came from a Steve Jobs perspective of I know what my customers want, so I need to provide it for them. The customers are always right because they're either going to spend money with you or they're going to spend money elsewhere. That's where mm-hmm. that phrase comes from. Look at you being a so Kelly. We, we've taken. Look at huh? you being a Kelly. Where a phrase originated oh, no, I, I, from. I'm so proud. Well, I, I heard it from someone else. It's not like I, you know, I did my own, I didn't do my own internet research. I heard someone else talk about it. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> um, but th- that's that's where we've come from. Is you know, is is everything needs to be done right and immediate and um, it's just things things don't work like that. Right. You know, it's just so you, you, yeah. I, I and I know where you're coming from on this particular topic, Ellie. And it, it is it is frustrating because you you do all the things that are absolutely right, and then they're going to go get the things that are done probably similarly over there and they're going to continue to be unhappy just because that's their mindset. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, yeah. the systems aren't in place for them to be successful. It's just, they're always wanting more and more and more 
when in reality you can get some more, but it does take time. Like you can't, you can't just artificially jump the line because if you could artificially jump the line, everyone else that's your competitor could also artificially jump mm-hmm. the line. And that's not and how life works. So that we're not taking this too long, but it did spark a second what grinds my gears or like Ooh. a fifth because as I've already mentioned, like 10 other things that grind my gears. Um, when people want... When people want the world, but they don't want to pay for it, like when people want results, but they aren't willing to pay for what it costs to get those results, like our time and our brains, you know, cost money. Like if you want, if you want more, it's going to cost more. Um, Like we have an agreement. I'm doing everything within our agreement. Um, And if you want more than that, like we value our own time. We know what we are worth. And you know, if we constantly were just giving everyone the world and giving everybody like things that were out of scope, then how are we going to be successful as a business? Ellie, I'm so proud. <laughs> I love everything <laughs> you're saying right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, another what grinds my gear is like, pay for what you want, yo. Okay, the end. Thanks. If I may have another side <laughs> tangent to this grinds my gears, it's also yes. like... Oh, wait, the thought is going to come to me. Um, going back to the... What, I don't know what my, my hair is doing. Like little, little devil horn. Going back to the basically like treat others the way that you want to be treated. I would like to tell you that no matter how you ask for something to be done, I'll just get it done no matter what. But it makes it easier for me to do a task if you're just kind about it. (laughs) Like um, Mm -hmm. Tim and I are doing all this research, getting ready for um, getting ready for me to give birth and I'm giving birth in a hospital. So I'm going to be working with a team of nurses and a team of doctors and the like trend out there right now is to like stand up for yourself and like know what your rights are and like come in with this really strict birth plan and like tell everybody in the room how it's going to be. And it's like, if somebody walked into my place of work and did that, I would be livid. <laughs> so, like, yes, I know my rights as a human being, and like, I'm gonna stand up for myself if need be. But I'm not gonna walk in there guns ablazing because, hey, guess what? I've never had a baby before, and I've never helped anybody yeah. deliver one. Um, yeah, don't start at a nine. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, don't come in starting so at a instead, nine. So instead... Like, start at a two, work your way up to Sometimes things require going to a nine, right. but yeah. Just but I feel like I'm going to get so chill. much farther, and I'm going to get so many more answers, uh, or questions answered, and I'm going to have a much better experience for everybody in the room if instead I walk into that room and I have a basket of treats, and I say, thank you for being here today. Here are the things that I would <laughs> like to do when it comes to my birthing experience. If that doesn't work out based on what you think is best practice, sounds good um but let's you know be partners and and have a baby at the end of today um thank you for being yeah, here comes in and says we're gonna we're gonna pull this we're gonna uh we're gonna flip you over on your front and then we're gonna cut out your back and then bring the baby from you're gonna way. be like no that would be a point to say i don't think I'm that's in my birth plan, to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like but there's like, an issue here everything under that is like yeah i'm great you read four baby books i'm glad that you know as much yeah. as i did over eight years of school and then an additional 10 years of actually doing this mm-hmm. in practice like most professionals, especially after dealing with the past two and a half years of, of people in hospitals, they're going to be understanding as they can be. But mm-hmm. some some situations, especially in the birthing process, require uh, immediacy. And this is the way it's got to happen. And others don't. Yeah. And so, yeah, I 
totally get it from a mother perspective. Here is our birth plan. This is the way we things we would like to play out. If something happens along the way and you're saying with all of your medical knowledge, it can't go that way, please present me with that information and then we can maybe collectively make a decision. But if you're saying you need to make that decision now uh, for the health of my baby mm -hmm. and the health of me, please do. Yes. Because that's, that's what I want. I want both of us to be able to, I would say, I would, I'd almost have both of us to walk out of the hospital, but I would imagine your your baby at three days old will not be able to walk out of the I hospital. I hope not. He may be very We'll advanced. have bigger issues That'd if be that's weird. the case. But that would be weird. Not as like. Or like, you know, have you ever seen when people Photoshop like the whole teeth yes. into a baby's mouth? That's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's so but funny. not as, you know, life changing as like having a baby, but, you know, making updates to your website or creating social media posts Can for be. your Facebook. My website is my baby. All that fun stuff. True. Um, Just be yeah. kind. Just, yeah. Just like, kind. you know, and you can always wait to send an email. Like you can always it write it nothing out. It costs nothing to be kind. <laughs> yeah. You can always write it out. And then come back to it the next day. My husband does that. He writes out emails and then he'll sometimes even have me review them before he sends them to make sure that they're not too mean. So it's really okay if you just kind of wait because, you know, read the email and think like, hey, would I want to receive that? How would I feel if I got that in my inbox? And would that make me want to continue working for the day or would that make me want to go walk off a cliff? So ladies, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you know, do you know what honey does? It attracts more flies than vinegar. Start with sweet. Start there. Huh. Nice. That was such a what? dad thing to say. I know. I took the I took the quote and yeah. reversed it. I made it confusing. Well, that, so. that makes me want to start with vinegar then because I don't want flies, right? No, you want to attract the flies to kill them. Or I don't want to attract them at all. Well, unless they're in my house. I just... <laughs> We just blabbed for an hour and a half, and that was a thing that derailed the entire conversation. Really? I'm sorry. God, I suck. Hey, did you guys Bye. hear a couple minutes ago my stomach growl the loudest it's ever yeah, but Have growled. you heard my chair like no. falling apart this whole That's episode? Gonna... No, I, I have. I'm terrified. So Please don't you should fall. get a new one. I'm going to. I'm getting a whole new setup when I come back from maternity leave. I'm really excited. That's exciting. Okay, so that's it. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shouted Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes. 